But I think the main things is at the end of the day, volleyball is volleyball. It's in the same nine by nine court, and the rules are the same. So we. Uh, <laughs> is that on the back of your shirt? Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, something. You did, you did, a little free shout out for you. Um, and it doesn't matter who's on the other side of the net. You need to still execute to the best of your ability if you want a chance to win. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. you got to execute to the best of your ability if you want a chance to win. Welcome back to the 9 by 9 the 81 square meters of the best volleyball coverage on the Internet. It is episode 73. It's June 22nd, 2023. We are jumping in right in the middle of week two of Men's VNL. My name is Rob St. Clair, live from Chicago. That is Everett DeLorme, live from Toronto. Everett, congratulations. You can breathe a huge sigh of relief because Canada has defeated fellow challenger team Bulgaria oh. for three points. Oh. I, Big I'm sigh honestly, of relief. <laughs> I'm honestly still riddled with anxiety. Um, <laughs> I allowed myself to calm down one point at one point during that match, and that was when we were up 19-16 in the first. And I was just like, okay, good. Like, I, I, I feel comfortable right now. And then Bulgaria came back to win it, and I was just like, oh, okay. It's going to be one of these matches. It, it, it's, it's going to be one of these ones where I don't feel safe throughout the entirety of it. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, that's a massive win for us. Not only did we beat Bulgaria, um, but we did it in four. So we got three big points. Now we have five points. I believe we're sitting in 11th. Uh, I know Dave Rogers at the end of that match was just like, yeah, they're safe from relegation. There's no, like, we're not, not we're true. not, absolutely <laughs> not. We're not, we're not talking about, like, that, that's no, because who knows what could happen, right? Like Bulgaria got their one win by three donging Slovenia. So we like, I'm until, until the last week is done and we are not in 16th place. Is that how many teams there are? 16th yeah. 16th place. 16th place. We are not safe. We, we are not safe. But that being said, today was a really good match for not, I wouldn't say a really good match. I mean, Amar said it in the interview afterwards that there was, I still think that there's, there's a lot, there's still some things left on the table. You know, um, there's still that lack of confidence. There's still that lack of identity uh, a, a little bit. Um, and Mar talked about it also in the interview afterwards. Like, there's there's still that little bit of of personality that's kind of left on the table. But you saw it grow, and you, you saw it you saw it build. Um, I thought Mar was was very good. Maybe his best game of the tournament so far. Uh, all in all. Um, Schwartz came in. I mean, I, I thought he should have started from the second set, but he came in and did a, a fantastic job. Um, Curry, I honestly think Curry has been maybe one of the best rookies of all of VNL so far. Like, to, to come in and, and play as well as he's had, he's been phenomenal. And to be honest, my man of the match has to go to Danny Demianenko. He was absolutely unreal. Uh, was blocking. He was getting aces. His attacking like his attacking percentage was unreal. I mean, he was 10 for 14, 64% efficiency. He had 15 points uh, on the day. I thought he's been one of our most consistent players throughout the entirety of this VNL, and it, re it really came through today. Um, but we did get slaughtered in the middle. Destroyed. Ab absolutely slaughtered. And I mean, it, it kind of went both ways. I can only remember like one time like Gotsev got Demianenko early in the first set. And that's the only like kind of one-on-one -on -one block that we saw throughout the entirety of that match. Um, and that's been kind of a consistent thing for us. And I don't know if it's our blocking strategy. Like to me, Watching it, it, it has to be something along the lines of coming from the coaches. Like, we're not commit blocking. 
right? We're, yeah. we're, we're, we're not commit blocking because of the way it is, is every, it's, it's all reaction blocking um, for Canada. Like even after like their middles were absolutely slaughtering us. Yep. Grosinov mm-hmm. seven for eight, Kolev four for six. Um, yeah. Grosinov, unbelievable, by the way, just seven for eight plus five blocks. He was probably Bulgaria's best player, but he was Canada. You're right. No committing ever. No, never. late, late to jump and react on the middle attack consistently. Yeah, um, I thought we served very well. Um, it was, it was very clear that there was one serving uh, instruction is just like serve the crap out of Nikolov, and <laughs> and he crumbled. I think he got aced five times. Seven. Se- oh, seven times. That's even worse. Five percent perfect. Eighteen percent positive. Aced seven times on twenty-two reception attempts. That is brutal good execution of the service strategy by Canada for sure. So it was just all in all, um, I think that's a builder. I think Samuel Vuo did really well to, you know, in our interview after losing to Germany, he kind of said, you know, maybe I should have rested the starters last night against USA um, because we looked tired in that match against Germany. And then this, this time, like the boys were out there flying. Um, there was, there was a lot of good stuff. There was a lot of hustle. Um, and it was definitely a huge side. Like as soon as the match ended, I messaged you and I was like, I, I need a few moments. <laughs> like, like I need a few moments. My girlfriend got home like it, it towards the end of the fourth set. And as soon as the match ended, she's like, I don't think I've seen you breathe yet. And I was like, <laughs> that, that, that is, that is pretty accurate. So yeah, all in all. Very happy with this result. Three big points. Um, putting us in, into 11th really puts us in a good position not to get relegated. And we can kind of con- continue to work on, on on some things. But, yeah, that's... Um, yep. take, a a, good, take a good deep breath there, oh, well, buddy. buddy. I'm going to be doing those for the rest of the day. <laughs> for, for like, I, I need to go for a run or something later, get a workout in, something a little bit physical, just so I'm not as like just wired just just yeah, wound up just not as as wound up so yeah it was uh as i said all in all good match good match from us not our best i don't think we've seen as close to our best so far um but still a lot of good things that uh that we could that that we can build upon yep i've i've got I've got a couple takes from this game number one is that arthur schwartz needs to be canada's starting opposite for the rest of the tournament 100 percent, without question uh he was your best offensive player overall even once he came off the bench 12 for 19 42 efficiency uh plus two aces I, I thought he was an absolute x factor completely agree with steven mars best game in the tournament uh, he put the team on his back got a really clutch insurance ace late plus that unreal like uh, out of system pipe rip against three guys to, to kind of put that fourth set away. That was incredibly clutch. Uh, I think Landon Curry, like you said, has been amazing. Uh, maybe Canada's best overall player through six matches, seven matches. I don't dis- I don't disagree with that. To May- me, it's between between him and Demianenko. I think yeah. Dem- Demianenko has been very consistent. But like, I mean, Clayton and Dave Rogers are making comparisons to Shoji. Um, to like Curry to Shoji, which I don't think is necessarily out of pocket. I yeah, do that, think like it's not. That's not not. It's not totally crazy. I mean, no, obviously not. there's a world of difference there. Curry's a yeah. rookie. I do think their play styles are kind of similar. I know that I, I talked to Landon Curry in Ottawa after after the Germany game when we were there last weekend, and he yeah, he, you were I, gushing over him. I was. <laughs> I I love the kid, but uh, Curry said that he absolutely idolizes Eric Shoji, and he has uh, modeled a lot of his game after him. And I can see that the, just the way he carries himself, the energy there, I can kind of see that similarity. So 
Um, nice yeah. guy to be compared to. I agree. Demianenko is awesome. I would like to see Pierre Sashenko be a lot more impactful. I thought that he he got torn apart by Grozdanov for sure. But um, offensively, he wasn't he wasn't bad, right? Especially especially early on. Like it was very clear to me that one of the one of the instructions from Samuel Vuo was good pass. We set the middle. Yep. I mean, we set the middle like three times in the first five points. Yep. Um, of, of, of the match. And it just, it, and it was literally, that's literally what it was. It was good pass. Each teams were setting the middle and, and both were pretty much, were, were banging. Um, but yeah, I would, I would like to see a little bit more from Ashanko, uh, especially in the block. Um, yeah, definitely. Did he, did he have any blocks? Zero, no. zero blocks. Yeah. And then the last thing I wanted to bring up is that, like you said, the only part, the only part of this match where you initially felt comfortable was up nineteen sixteen in the first, and then that that lead slipped away. That happened in all four sets. Canada had a, a lead of three or four, maybe even five points. I, I was just looking at. It. I think they led seventeen to twelve in the third. Yeah, seventeen to twelve in the third. But those leads were never safe. They never. In, instead of taking that those mid set advantages and keeping their foot on the gas and pushing to the finish line, it was the opposite. The Canada let Bulgaria back in the game in all in every set. Although uh, they were able to turn it around and be the clutch team there in the fourth to to seal the the three point win, but. That, I mean, I'm obviously rooting for Canada. I've been on record. They're my second favorite national team in the world. I'm, I'm stoked that you guys got this win. And I, 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 as like even a sort of a poser Canada fan, I was losing my mind every time they got a lead and it started to slip away. I can't even imagine how actual Canadians were feeling about this. So that's that, that I think, obviously great win. The, the, the three points is huge. But uh, there, there, were, there were moments there when uh, I bet you and the, the rest of the fan base were tearing your hair out a little bit. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. I was definitely tearing my hair out more than a few times. Um, it was it was touch and go there at a few moments, right? Especially towards the end of, of that fourth set. Um, I really didn't want it to go to go five. No, I, I, don't, I my, my nerves that. could not have handled it going five. Um, I will definitely say that much. Like I might not be around for this show. <laughs> if, if if it went five let let me let me just say that it was nerve-wracking and yeah it was it was a lot it was a lot to handle but hey we got the job done um honestly to, <laughs> like getting knocked out of of uh of, of nations league would be really bad but it'd be doubly bad because we wouldn't have uh nation oh i get i know never mind that's not true i was gonna say we weren't gonna have nations league in ottawa next year because it's three-year contract but the women are going to be in regardless so they did they did tell us that if the if the men got knocked out then we'd be hosting the women next year in, in ottawa so well um, uh, i want to see the men in ottawa again it looks like that uh for now canada has put themselves in good enough position uh through seven matches to survive uh so that's good news i do want to talk about bulgaria for a split second here mm-hmm. um they Honestly, I didn't think Bulgaria was that bad. They did make a, they did serve the ball really poorly. Four aces to twenty errors. Mm-hmm. Twenty errors is way too many. And Nikolov got absolutely served off the court. That I, I didn't. I I mean, we've watched him a lot. We saw him last year in VNL. We saw him this year at Lube. I I guess I didn't really truly appreciate just how much of a passing liability he actually is oh, until a- until today. I, I I honestly for some reason it just didn't quite get through to me how bad he actually is in reception until today. It is a problem, this kid, for as much potential as he has, for as amazing of an arm and amazing as an, of an offensive talent as he is. His reception is a 
big problem and it's gotta get fixed i I'd, for some reason i didn't really appreciate that until watching this match today but i, I mean bulgaria yeah. was was great in the middle like we said everywhere else just not so good dimitrov they're starting opposite zero percent efficiency uh atanasov uh, atanasov was okay but uh the, like they need to be better than just chucking high balls to Nikolov and they need to figure out how Nikolov cannot be a complete black hole in reception if they're going to have a chance not to get relegated. Yeah, it's it's really going to come down to me. Like right now, you're allowed to give him that grace because he is so young that, hey, you know, like serve receive is going to come. That reception is is going to come. But at what point does it start affecting his actual playing time? Right, because he's he's not a right side player. Um and he can't pass enough. Like he can't pass enough to be like he's the perfect prototype to be the next Matej Kaczynski in in, in so many ways. Uh, but he just can't pass the ball, um, and and that's that's a huge issue. You know how long does Lube run that leash with them? How long does Bulgaria run that leash with them? I think the the, Bulga- the Bulgarian leash is much much longer than the yeah, than definitely. the Lube leash, just because they have no one else. Um, I thought they probably should have gone to Asparuhov earlier. He was six for six. Right, he yeah. he was he was he was automatic out of um, position as well. He came in at opposite and was outstanding. Yeah, hundred percent. Given a different look, and maybe that's a scenario where where uh, Bulgaria, like if Dimitrov's going to be that bad, maybe that's a scenario where Bulgaria needs to look at having uh, Asparuhov and Antonov on the left and putting Nikolov on the right. And I think and, they have played around with that a little bit. I think I, I can't remember if, if they've truly lined up Nikolov at opposite against Brazil the other day or if that, he just like spent a lot of time hitting some right side balls. But uh, regardless, th- that's going to be something they've got to fix. Th- th- they've got to figure that out. They've got to fix it. And the clock is definitely ticking for Bulgaria now because, I mean, on the same, really in the same vein as Canada, every match of challenger versus challenger is a big, big, big deal. And uh, Bulgaria also has five points right now. They're uh, clear of Cuba and China for the moment. But um, th- this this would have been nice for Bulgaria if they they're trying to stay in VNL. Obviously, didn't get it done. I, I I like Alex Nikolov. I have faith in him. I just couldn't really believe just how bad he is in reception. He's terrible. Yeah, it was. I mean, he was getting you know. And Luke Herr, I mean, sorry, bud, you know I love you, but you know it's bad when, like, like Luke Herr is, is making you pass poorly. Like, his, his, his serve is a bit of a lollipop. Um, not as bad as that one standing float serve that Brett Walsh hit. When yeah, what was in. that? <laughs> I think he was trying to because, like, the minute the whistle went, he served that ball. But it needed to be, like, to me, he needed to hit that a little bit shorter. You know, uh, if you're going to try to catch them off guard, if you're going to try to catch the this, pass, this isn't the 1980s. I don't know what we're doing. Yeah, with that. It, it was it was bad, like a little bit closer. I, I think he was like going to go through his process, saw that they weren't ready, you know, went to go went to go hit the ball. And uh, and yeah, but yeah, it was. <sighs> thank Congratulations, thank you. buddy. I'm, I'm <laughs> very <laughs> happy for you. <laughs> thank you god um yeah so all right well moving on from this one rob how, how do you want to do this do you want to start at the beginning of the week or do you want to do you want to start on on what was today i think what, let's I, let's let's go back to the beginning of the week let's go back to the beginning of the week and we can get up to the um i mean re- real quick though i am looking at bulgaria's schedule just to touch on this one last okay. time they do not have an easy time of things moving forward argentina um, Argentina and Cuba to close out this week. That Cuban match, like, is is the most possibly their most important match. The rest, 
right? Because you have Argentina, they, okay, Cuba, they do play Cuba, huh? And then the last week you have Germany, who are, are starting to look a little bit better. Iran, Serbia, and USA. So that is not a favorable schedule for for Bulgaria uh, moving forward. And remember, they've lost to China already. Right. Now they've lost to Canada. If they lose to Cuba, I'm they're out. In my opinion, uh, maybe. I mean, they've already got five points. Like that That's win over true. Slovenia is was truly a miracle. And like China right now at two, I, I don't know if I see China getting getting at least three more points unless they beat Canada in, in match number twelve somehow. But uh, we'll obviously we'll look at the, the the standings in a bit and put the relegation picture in perspective. But yeah, Bulgaria uh, by not safe by any means. That's for sure. No, uh, absolutely not. Okay, so let's go back all the way to the beginning of the week and uh, look back from Tuesday morning all the way up through now. We'll go through all the matches. So um, at like 6 in the morning, my time on Tuesday, we saw Iran 3-dong Germany, and we saw Canada uh, lose in 4 to a very good Japanese team, Japan, who I think is still undefeated. Uh, They are. Talk about their their insane win over Brazil from this morning, but uh, and anything about Iran, Germany, and Japan, Canada? I mean, this, these were way before I was awake. I don't, I didn't know anything about the Iran game. But what were your takes on Canada's loss to Japan? Um, it was it was hit and miss with me. There was times where we looked absolutely terrible, and I mean, I think right now, especially, it, it's frust- a little frustrating because there was a time when if we came up against any like if we came up to japan against japan china korea it didn't really matter i knew we were going to get a win um and now it's to the point where like i think japan is really really good japan's good their their level of skill is like we do very very poorly against skilled teams and they ate us apart and shida had another fantastic serving performance against us and there was times when you know we we did win that that third set um and that was good but they kind of blew us out out of the water um, in in that one. So it, it was a little hit hit and miss uh, for me. I would have liked to see a little bit more fight. Um, and that's kind of one of the things that I liked about us today is that like when we didn't when when it wasn't going our way, we still kind of fought back. But yeah, there was there was definitely some things left on the table, and we made it easy for for Japan a lot. I'm just pulling up the stats right now. I've I got them. Uh, Ishikawa they, absolutely insane, 57 percent efficiency and 23 points. Yeah, he was he was absolutely mental, and you can see Sakita is just like spreading that offense. You got four different guys in double digits. Uh, and in only four sets, so that that was really good. And for us, I mean, I th- I thought we struggled. You know, once again, we started Slater. He struggled. Only three points started both both the both the first and the second. Uh, only zero th- percent efficiency. Three for ten. That's really really not good. Yeah, I think that question at opposite is answered. I, yeah, it, I it has to know be. now. It, it it has to be for me. And the reality too is that like I still think that there's there's a little bit more room in the ceiling for Arthur Schwartz. Oh right? yeah. Because like he's he's not used to playing full time minutes on on the right side, especially for Canada. Like he's done it way more in the Italian league than he has he has with the national team. So I think that the, there's there's a little bit more room there. Um, but yeah, just just a lot missing uh, from that. Another guy that I haven't been too stoked with has been Nick Hogue. Um, there's been times of greatness and other times of like what what what's going on, Nick. Um, I really think that we wouldn't be like if Riley Barnes or Eric Lepke were here, we wouldn't be seeing Nick Hogue nearly as much. I agree with that. Uh, we definitely noticed the absence of both Barnes and Lepke. Um, and uh, people in the chat are, are correct to point out that Japan in the middle has improved a lot. Uh, Onodera, nine for 11, three blocks. That, um, and then uh, Yamauchi, okay, not quite as good. But uh, 
Japan is better in the middle. We used to clown on them a lot about being invisible in the middle and having that be a gigantic weakness. And it's not nearly the weakness that it used to be. And I think it, it, they deserve a lot of credit in the middle for um, helping elevate their team's overall level. So yeah. we'll talk about Japan a little bit later. But uh, anything else about Canada? No, not not from this match. I mean, I think it was we knew what was going to happen. Obviously, I got up to watch this match, and I mean, even taking a set to me, I was I was pretty happy with. Um, but uh, but yeah. Also, real quick, guys, Lepke will not be here for Vienna. He right. he will not he he will not be available for Vienna. I see that uh, that question coming up up in the chat. Yep, hopefully for Olympic qualifiers. Uh, and and this, I mean, Canada. We knew that we talked about on Monday's show. What was Canada going to do strategically? Playing three matches in three days and having Japan, sorry, having Bulgaria today being by far the most important match of the tournament so far. And we saw Canada play the starters against Japan, play the bench against Slovenia to prepare for Bulgaria. And we did, you, did, you guys did get the win against Bulgaria, but we'll talk about when we talk about the Slovenia game, we can analyze that strategy maybe a little bit more. Um, Iran versus Germany from Tuesday. I don't really have any takes on this. Um, I, I didn't watch it. So. I didn't watch it either. I, I did hear that Germany blew it pretty hard in the first two sets. Uh, they had chances to win both. And then Germany got dusted in the third. So um, good for Iran, I guess. Sharifi, 10 for 14, no errors, 71% efficiency. That's pretty insane for that little fireball of the left side that Iran has. But uh, got no takes past that. <laughs> um, you get to move on. In the second round there, Slovenia beat Argentina in four. And my United States beat Serbia in four. Yeah, which one do you do you want to? Obviously, we want to talk about the, the USA match. So let, let's chat about that one. Let's do it. Um, go ahead. You, you you take you take the lead on this. I, w- I would love to. Uh, so just kind of as I expected on Monday, the US was going to play the starters against Serbia and then the bench against China the next day. And I was hoping that we could get out of like get out of those two matches with six points, and we did. So I was happy about this. I did the quick little video on Instagram breaking down my quick reactions but the 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 thing that i liked about us in the serbia match is that we put a ton a ton of pressure on serbia's outside hitters uh so we saw ivovic kuyunzic and perich kind of interchangeably and combined those three guys hit zero percent efficiency so i I really i really like the pressure we put on them um we had let's see our serving six aces to 17 errors is okay uh 17 errors in four sets is honestly not terrible and six aces is a number that i can live with so i was happy about that serbia gave away way too many points for free missing a bunch of float serves which had we not been playing them and appreciating those free points i would have been losing my mind because you know how much i hate missing float serves but um i liked i liked the pressure we put on their outsides i liked the the way that we were able to beat them in transition both on offense and defense and there's some things about our transition offense that i didn't love i think there are some things that can get better in that area for the u.s but overall uh against a, a team that is pretty physical and has offensive guys that can occasionally go off for huge runs i, I thought we did a pretty good job of, of slowing serbia down Luberich was good uh, 16 for 37 but other than that like i said the outs- serbia's outsides were really bad and uh statistically for us let's see aaron russell was our best player 13 for 26 46% efficiency. That's amazing. And Jeff Jendrick as well had a really good game. So, yeah, Jendrick, uh, Jendrick was a monster. Yep. 10 he, for 13, no errors. 
so he he was he was fantastic. Seventy seven percent efficiency. That's yep. That's pretty gross. You guys you guys were just way more efficient uh, than than Serbia in this match. And I'm, realistically, I'm not that surprised. Me neither. We got to remember Serbia's got a brand new setter and a brand new libero, and I think that's kind of showing up. That like that 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 matchup against a team like the U.S., who's similarly physical but way more skilled and detail oriented. I think we're good in taking advantage of things like that. Yeah, it's interesting to me that Serbia brought Antanasievic if they're not going to play him. Why not? Yeah, we haven't one seen of, them all through well, two matches, right? Why not bring one of your younger guys? Where's Melnyanats? Where's Where's one of these he's, other guys? Aquaman. <laughs> yeah, we miss him. Uh, yeah, so Serbia. I mean, they were they were just bad on the outside for some particular reason. But I was happy. I was happy with the U.S. performance in this one. Like dropping a set to Serbia is is no big deal. Uh, we won the three sets that we won pretty comfortably. So all good. All good for me and. In my opinion, we did though see Argentina kind of lay a bit of an egg against Slovenia, which I was a little surprised by. Did they though? I think, I think that like Argentina without the Checo is a much different team, right? Like that's the thing is that like <laughs> I've said it a few times. I wish they didn't have to Checo in in the, the first one. <laughs> Yeah, like I, I definitely, I definitely miss. I definitely wish that they didn't have Checo because when you add Checo in the mix, Arge, Ar, like Argentina is a top level player, like, like or sorry, a top level team. But without him, I think they're just they're, they're just middle of the pack. And I think on any given day, this 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 result can kind of go either way between Argentina and Slovenia. Yeah, so Slovenia was good. They played the starters. The, they looked really good. Rock Mozic was unbelievable. So 16 for 28, 54% efficiency. That is a, a monstrous performance. And it, it is cool. They're they're running sort of a three outside hitter thing because uh, Mozic is lined up at outside hitter. Chable is lined up across from the setter. And they're moving both of those guys around in their back row attack spots. And I think that's cool. I, I like the way Slovenia is doing that. Um, Argentina's problem, honestly, wasn't offense. I thought they were they were just fine on offense, thirty four percent efficiency as a team. It was serving two aces, twenty two service errors. That is bad. Like four thumbs down, bad from the service line. So uh, that that clearly not good enough. And then Sanchez is a gigantic blocking liability. We know that he's tiny. He's a brilliant setter, but is a huge blocking liability. So uh, that's something that Slovenia was able to take advantage of. And uh, there's not that much more to say about it really except no. that i do love Augustine loser so much that oh yeah absolutely awesome. i i think slovenia is a perfect team to kind of take take advantage of a, a team like argentina when they don't have to checko especially with sanchez like if you have mozic or chebul or earnout any of those guys uh on on the left side swinging over sanchez right like, over sanchez it's, it's, not it's, even close. It's, yeah it's, it's not even close it's 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 easy peasy lemon squeezy right so it, uh, once again, I think that this is this is a result that you could play this game ten times and it would be five five. Like yeah, I, I, I kind of agree. Those results would be five five without the Checo. When right. you if you have the Checo, then that changes probably eight two in Argentina's favor. Yeah, I, I agree. So uh, we'll talk about Argentina's rebound against France in just a little bit, but that was a good win for Slovenia. I was impressed. Then uh, I, we don't really have to talk that much. Netherlands three zero China, Brazil three zero Bulgaria. Enough said. Yeah, that's that's that is what it is. It, okay. it is what it is. Let's move on to yesterday's games. Wednesday morning kicked off. We saw the return of most of the Italian world champions. They three donged Iran, no problem. Uh, Nineteen sixteen, and then twenty six twenty four. Let's see who was good statistically. Obviously, I didn't watch this game. Not much to really talk about. Micheletto, wow, twelve for twenty two, no errors. Nice. 
welcome back. Beauty. Love, love to see it. And I mean, that's exactly what we were expecting from Italy too, right? That's why I was never, I was never worried about them. Um, like I am a little bit worried about France and we can, we can, we can talk about them a little bit later. They, uh, after five matches, they only have one win, but Italy, like you're expecting them to, to get these, these types of results, uh, especially against Iran. And even though they don't have all their guys, they're still there and ready to go. Yep. Uh, Iran, 19% efficiency attacking as a team. Not very good. So good for Italy there. Japan, three-donged Cuba. Uh, yeah. Also yesterday morning, 21-16, 21. Not particularly close. Japan looks awesome. Even though Yuji Nishida wasn't very good. Uh, 0% efficiency. Again, Japan was good in the middle. Look at this. Onodera, 7 for 7. Yamauchi, 8 for 11. That's amazing contribution from your two middles plus uh, Takahashi and Ishikawa both really good we saw uh, one, one of the, my favorite highlights this of this VNL so far we saw the evolution of the pipe option ball in a play that did you see this play Takahashi out of the back row came to like do the flying jump out of the pipe set thing but he kind of misjudged where he was ended up jump bump setting a ball to Nishida out of the pipe <laughs> was very weird very funny uh, went did, did its rounds on Instagram uh, but there's not that much really to say about this game. Cuba, pretty 30 bad. errors. 30, 30 errors in, in, in three sets. 21 service errors in three sets. Just unacceptable. What is, yeah, what is no. up with that? Cuba is, I mean, it, yeah, Cuba, it's so weird. It's really so weird about how they can just be two different teams, right? We saw such a good Cuba against brazil in their last match in in canada they were so good they fought with with brazil tooth and nail and i mean brazil is is missing some players and they were were then even more so without lucas but man this this cuban team is is really struggling and i do think that they're maybe on the bubble to getting relegated do they play my big question is does cuba play no china and cuba do not play each other i think that's their one saving grace if Cuba and China played each other, I think that that would definitely be an interesting one. Um, Cuba does because... play Bulgaria on Sunday, that but that honestly might be their best chance for a like a the next time they'll be favored the rest of the tournament really, because then they've got the U.S., Serbia, Germany, and Iran week four. I don't know. Uh, they've they, they've got to beat Bulgaria. They've got to figure it out. I mean, they do have kind of we think they have a lame duck coach because they're not able to actually pull the trigger on firing a coach in the middle of VNL. But from everything we're hearing, Vives is just biding his time before he gets fired at the end of this tournament. Um, I, I have I have something that I heard, Everett, about Cuba that, that, that about made me fall out of my chair. After this week, because Cuba's playing in Orleans right now, then they're going to Anaheim for week three in California. Yes. In, in between that, you know, they've got the week off, got like eight days off. Yes, they're flying to El Salvador to play a stupid Caribbean tournament, Central American tournament with their A team. They're bringing their A team to El Salvador in between two weeks of VNL, and they're playing the starters there, and then sending them up to California to play another week of VNL. Is that the, not the most insane thing you've ever heard? Well, I I don't think Cuba has a B team. They have right? junior teams. They just won like the, the Pan Am whatever at home with a U19 team. Send them to El Salvador. You've got a team trying not to get relegated from VNL. You think it's worth their time to go play a Central American tournament in the middle of Nations League? Um, I mean, 
it, I wonder if it's something to do with like the Cuban government being like, oh, it, no, this is this is you have to send the guys like, you know, just impossibly for- irresponsible by their by their volleyball federation. It's insane to me that they get away with this stuff. Enough yeah. about Cuba, though. Uh, the second round on Wednesday, the USA three dong China. That was pretty much no problem. We played almost the entire bench. Thomas Jeschke is back. He looked really good. Uh, we kind of used Micah Christensen and Matt Anderson as sort of like a closing pitcher to come in late in sets and push us over the finish line. That actually kind of worked. I did like that. Uh, also, Jake Haynes had a decent game. So, great. Uh, we should always three-dong China, whatever. I do want to hear, Everett, about your takes on the Canadian B team against Slovenia. We did get three-donged. There were, there were moments, especially in the first set, that uh, some decent volleyball was being played, but that third set was ugly. It was Yeah, ugly. the third set was ugly, but, like, I mean, you've got... At mo- most of the time, we had you know more than fifty percent of the guys on the court were playing in at McMaster earlier this year at the U Sports National Championships. Right, you've got Matthias Elser, who I thought was fantastic for the first set and a half. In the first set, he was definitely our, our best player on the court. He was making digs, he was passing well, he he was getting kills. Um, like I thought, it was it was a great move. You got some guys out there. Hofer started real weak, especially in service. If there was one, there was one serve that served him, and he's there. He was ready, and it's just like bounced off his arms and and went sideways. Um, but I think that there was there was a lot of value gained. Um, you know, like how many of those like like Landon Curry, Justin Louis, Brody Hofer, Matthias Elder, Cooper. I mean, even Luke Kerr is still technically a rookie. Right to like he played a few international tournaments, like a couple international tournaments with the B team last year, and then all of a sudden he's starting with the A team. So there's there's a lot of to work through, right? Especially being down twelve six in the first and fighting back. And reality, like we should have had set point in the first. Like I don't know what the hell has been going on with the with the refing so far. Oh man, yeah. Yuri, Yuri Ramirez, Yuri Ramirez, an, as an absolute joke, I'm not even going to go on to it. It's, he's been this bad for a decade plus, but he's from the Dominican Republic, so he's he's always going to be put in there. Um, but you can't, like, like basically, um, Slovenia wanted to, to challenge a point, and it was, it did touch the antenna, but they didn't call it. They made the challenge for, po- like, a, like, earlier in the rally, after the play was done, which should not be allowed. Right, right, like, like, uh, it, it should not be allowed. And the same thing happened a little bit later. And Slovenia made the same argument. And thank God, like, if Ramirez had let that, like, had hadn't let the the challenge go for for, for Canada, and it was like literally the same thing, like antenna touch, um, it would have been easy. But yeah, there was a chance for us to win that first set. Um, so I'm really happy actually with what I saw. But towards the end, though, you just kind of got that sense that like, like Slovenia had their guys on. You know that they, they didn't they didn't go to the bench like they they went for their guys and you could kind of tell that they just were just like hey no like we're not playing these game this game anymore and that's when we saw kind of Justin Louis came in I was a little disappointed in Louis coming in you know I've been a huge supporter of his for a long time now but it's just it's it's getting more and more clear to me that he's not it. And he's he's not he's not going to be the guy. I know he's going to go be going to play pro- professionally, so maybe that will help help him get some stuff in it. But right now, this is like solely Curry's job. Um, but yeah, like especially when you consider that Matthias Elser was playing in U Sports as a setter, and uh, other than last year with the B team, has never played starting minutes as a left side ever. Like not in club, not in high school, not ever. Like 
that's that's pretty damn impressive. So there was a lot of good things from from that Slovenia game. I think I think it was just the, that that last set that finally Slovenia was just like, okay, no, like we need to turn on the Jets and our the the kids that we had in the court just didn't have the Jets to to to, to put on with them. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, keep the big picture in mind. We knew that the Bulgaria match today was the most important thing. We the knew that by far. We knew that Samelvo was going to have to rest the starters in one of the two early matches this week. And um, I, I agree with the way that he managed it for the most part. Uh, I, th- I think you could have maybe argued that he should have played the bench against Japan instead of Slovenia because I think that Slovenia with the starters might be a better matchup and maybe maybe a little bit more winnable, but yeah, it maybe. didn't matter. You beat Bulgaria, that's the most important thing. I think I think in his mind it was like I'd rather be I'd rather have my starters fresh, fresh, fresh. For a, you know? a full day of rest. Like yeah. a full day of rest. They they didn't play it, like they didn't come in at all. They weren't there to bail them out. And I think that with the style of play Japan brings, it would have been really ugly with our young guys that it would have it would have been really ugly with with our young guys that's a good point if if you've got Nishida and Ishikawa serving the way they do at you know Brody and and Elser like that wouldn't that would not have been pretty so (laughs) yeah I, I I I was questioning it a little bit but now in retrospect hindsight's 2020 uh I definitely agree with 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 the way things went down so pretty happy with the, with the result overall. I think it gave us a great opportunity to get some young guns out there and get a shot. Because remember, as we said, if this team was as it should be without the injuries, without Eric Lucky, without Riley Barnes, you'd have maybe, maybe one of those guys on the roster. If that's that. true. Yep. Right? That is true. So, uh, yeah, that, that that's enough about that. Uh, let's move on. I think the two... The two most important matches, like not involving either of our teams, this VNL so far, were both yesterday afternoon. Poland somehow survived Germany in five in a match that just wasn't very good for either team. Bro, and then Argentina. And, but the, I, I'm really excited to talk about Argentina versus France because that match had a little bit of everything, including a, a whole lot of fiascos sur- surrounding officiating. But I think we should talk about Germany versus Poland first. Poland was- looked terrible for some for some stretches of that game yes really bad especially the fourth set but they they looked figure it out they look discombobulated right and i I don't know what it was i I mainly want to bring up leon had one of the funniest aces i've ever seen either the first or second and he served the ball right at ruben shot and i don't know what shot was doing but he like looked to uh, I forget who I think it was it was either Kelly Baird or, or Graham uh, and Barrow like looked to him and then hit him in the knee like, <laughs> like I thought he shanked it but it hit him in the knee and I was like how are you expecting anyone else to get this ball it literally just hit you in the knee like what what are you doing at their shot but um, <laughs> I mean other than against us Germany has been one of the most unclutched teams they they really have I mean realistically on paper this should be a three dong. Right, like, like Germany should not be with Poland, but Poland looked really bad. Only twenty nine percent efficiency, serving six aces to to twenty one errors. Um, yeah, honestly, for a five setter, is not terrible. It's it's not great, but two aces to sixteen errors for Germany is worse. Yeah. Oh, and that's here's, that... here's the thing. Look at Germany's outside hitters. Ruben shot three for nine, four errors, negative efficiency. 
Tobias Braun, one for eight, two errors, negative efficiency. Moritz Reichert, three for 10, four errors, negative efficiency. All three of Germany's outside hitters hit deep into the negatives, with the exception of Eric Roars, who is really good off the bench. And Poland still needed five sets. I think that's the takeaway here. Germany looked terrible for most of this game. Uh, Linus Weber yeah. off the bench was really good. Jan Buma got the start, wasn't all that good. Poland needed five sets with Leon and Kurek to beat this bad German team. What is up with that? I don't know. Maybe they're just working into things. I mean, they did have Lomach setting them. So, like, who looked, that. Who looked dreadful. Lomach was one, one of the worst setting like, performances of the tournament. Just Terrible. send him home. Bring Jan Sturle. I know Janusz is tired, but still, like, there's. Uh, yeah. I mean, we didn't even so- see Kokonovsky until late in this one. Um, but uh, I'm really hoping Poland is just looking internally and like working on their own things right now, especially now that they've, they've got their guys and they don't have the, the most of them anyways, but um, they're definitely not giving me any confidence. Cause I did pick them at the beginning of this twin nations league and they're not giving me any confidence whatsoever in the pick. No, they none whatsoever. None. I mean, their B team week one did not look particularly good. Now they have this weird hybrid team. Like if you're going to bring Kurek and Leon, don't you think you might as well also bring your starting setter? Like what? What? Uh, maybe Janusz is a little banged. Like Janusz Schliefka, Kaczmarek. Um, yeah, they, they played deep Champions League runs. But in, unless unless Janusz is hurt. Shouldn't you pair your two most important offensive players in Kurek and Leon with your starting setter? Also, uh, Bednor's pretty good, but we didn't see Fornal at all when that was really the guy that Poland actually needed to win this match. Uh, we, we saw him very briefly in the fourth set. I really don't... I'm, I'm confused at what Poland is trying to accomplish right now. What are they trying to accomplish? What are they trying to learn about themselves? What What value are they getting out of these particular lineup combinations? I don't really see it. Yeah, um, I I don't really know. I, I really don't know. It's uh, Poland is a huge question to me right now. They they really really are because this one should have been they should have just take care taken care of business and they didn't. I didn't yeah. watch this game. I, I didn't watch this game enough. Um, in between going back to the France and Argentina game and getting ready for work and like leaving for work and stuff like that, um, it's. Yeah, they they really need to figure some things out because, like, if any if any if any um, country has a lot of pressure on them, it's Poland. They always do, and uh, we've seen recently how they react to pressure. It hasn't always been so good, and they do have the Netherlands later today. Actually, in uh, only about half an hour, that game starts decently soon. So, uh, try to get out of here on the show before that match happens. I am very interested to see that Poland. A lot of pressure was not a convincing game against Germany, but I really do want to talk about Argentina versus France. This was spicy. So, as far as I heard, the challenge, the entire challenge system went down early in the first set. The entire challenge system. So that means no, none of the instant in-out review, no challenging for block touches, nothing. And I talked to Luciana Polonsky after the game yesterday. I asked him what the hell happened, and he was brilliant, by the way. Got to give Polonsky a ton of credit. He, he said that apparently the excuse was that the Wi-Fi in the building went down. And so, the, so they had no challenge system for the entire match, and that left only two officials with no line judges 
completely out on an island. And I felt bad for the officials here. Like they, they that's that that's a tough spot. It's as a an tough spot. Speaker. They got completely a, that, completely left on an island with no line judges and no challenge system, and they were making. Just they were just guessing out there. They were just guessing out there. The refs were guessing on in out calls. They were guessing on block touch calls. They were getting berated by both teams. Red cards were given out. It was it was it was really something else. And I I thought that Argentina was the one who got uh, who got the shorter end of the stick for the most part in, in all those those refereeing situations. But to Argentina's great credit, they won this match and they looked good. Agustin Loser, 11 for 15, five stuff blocks, was by far the best player on the court for either team. And Luciano Polonski was similarly great, 13 for 28, 16 points, um, and three aces. I thought Argentina with a huge rebound. And what? France is what? Like one and five? One and four, one I think. Four. Well, yeah, one and four. France is not looking good so far, and I know they brought their B guys to, to week number one, but they're at home, and they don't really have their guys right now. And this is this is starting to me. And I mean, like, overall, you know, like, really worry about France. But they're currently sitting in 14th. So they're one and three. Which, how? No, they, they, oh, yeah, they, they've got to be one and four. I think yeah. they're only yeah they only got they only beat China in week one and they've lost to everybody else. Not good. Oh yeah, no, sorry. They they've 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 the 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 standings I'm looking at doesn't show their overall record. It just says one match and point. So yeah, let's see. Yeah, France is France is one and four. They have five points right now, um, and they've lost all of their matches. Sorry, no, they only have three points. They lost all their matches three one. The one, the ones that they've they've lost, and other than that, they beat Chana. Like that's that's a bad spot for them to be in. Obviously, they're not going to get relegated because they're uh, a core team. But for a long time, we've been saying that this French, the the, the benefits of this French program was through their depth, and right now we're just not seeing it. Right, which is which is so weird because like in this one, like you still have Tilly, you still have Boyer, you still have Bizarre, like Timothy Carl. Didn't really play in this one, but he's still been fantastic for for a little while. Uh, who did they? How did they have on the left side? Luati. Here? It was uh, Tilly Luati. Luati, and then Cleveno oh, came in. Luati was no, oh, he was actually seven for sixteen, That's and okay. he passed very. He did pass very very well, sixty percent positive, um, and thirty six percent perfect. Like that's that is is very very good. They're passing from from Luati and France in general passed super well, fifty six percent positive, forty one percent perfect. Um, which it astounds me that they that they lost that this match without those kind of passing numbers. Yeah, so that wasn't the issue. I think that the two issues for France, one was the middle. They got they got torn apart in the middle. Chinineze and Boutour were clueless to stop Loser. Um and uh, Zerba was 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 decent for Argentina as well. But then like you just said serving two aces, 21 yeah. errors for France is just terrible. That's like yeah. USA men 2021 Olympics level bad. And that is, that's, uh, that's always your bar. Eh? That's always like where, where you, where you judge. That's bad. It's, it's, it's USA Tokyo Olympics. That's, that's always, always where you're going to put it on. Yeah. If, if you're yeah. if you're getting talked about in that conversation, as far as serving goes, uh, that is terrible. So yeah, not good for France at home. I, I'm, I'm, I agree with you there. They're, they're position and looking to try and make the playoffs isn't even looking so good and they they won the entire vnl last year so uh not great i do, I do think argentina deserves a lot of credit here i thought polonski was awesome he made one play in transition i think in the 
third or fourth set. I can't remember which, but um, he got set a ball where he had, he had just come off the triple block. He was in the middle of the court. The footwork that he displayed to even get behind this ball and take a swing on it in transition was just electric. I, I, I loved his game. I liked Santiago Denani, who was an absolute fireball with all the officiating nonsense. It was a, really just a really, really fun match because it was so weird. Go back and watch it. Go back and watch the really the whole I, I thing might... and see all the people yell, yelling at the officials. I, I, I really did feel bad for the officials, but Volleyball World, figure it out. Why have we had all of these like colossal, significant refereeing situations? Like We had one on the women's side where... Like I think it was Poland versus the Netherlands. A set was deemed to be over when the score was actually twenty-four to twenty-one. Like we had all the all the stupid problems in in Ottawa with the challenges. We had the the rogue buzzers from the serving clock. We have the entire challenge system dying here in week two. Like what are we doing? Figure it out. Yeah. Well, I mean, for the challenge, the the challenge clock in week one, Japan actually just like turned off. Yeah, the like, buzzer all together. This. We're not going to do this. We're, 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 not they're, this. They're like, we're, we're, we're not going to do this. To me, it's like how is the challenge system not on a wired system and i like you know why like why are we why are we relying on like i really hope they're not relying on like venue you know like let's just sign on to like you know like the venue internet that everyone else can access (laughs) like just open internet like no like bolt six you guys need to be better at that (laughs) you know like a wired a wired connection needs and needs to be happening yeah let's Um, let's figure it out it's 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 continuing to just be a bit of a clown show not to mention the fact that like the in out replays that we're getting on screen for the broadcast and like in in house are different than the replays and they're on a completely different system than the replays the referees are getting so multiple times like we've seen it where i mean it happened it's happened to canada it's happened to usa where the ball will be called out by the referee and then they'll show the replay and it'll be in yeah, that was that was a big mess. I was just telling my buddy last night the story about Spira losing his mind against in the Brazil game when that ball was clearly in and nobody wanted to admit the mistake. Yeah, it's 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 been bad. It's been a bad look so far this VNL for the the challenge system and just for officiating as a whole. It's uh not been good. So uh definitely worth keeping an eye on. All right, let's catch up on the the rest of the matches today and then preview the rest of the week. We got like 20 more minutes until uh the Netherlands versus Poland starts this afternoon. This morning Italy three dong China, shocker, uh, 13, 19, and then 26, 24. There's not really that much to talk about here. I'm going to see if there are any notable stat lines really quick. Uh, Simone Anzani, eight for nine. Yuri Romano, eight for 14. Uh, Tommaso Rinaldi played a little bit. Yeah, whatever. I mean, Italy is way better than China. I think we can probably move on from that. It, uh, but I do think we should talk about this. Japan beats Brazil. Finally, we've been wondering when is Japan going to punch above their weight class and beat a team that is ranked above them. We were hearing that this is Japan's first win over Brazil in 30 years. That's crazy to me. 30 years. That's that's crazy to me because these are two teams. Like if there's any teams that have at all like like World Cups, World Leagues, World Championships, you know, like those are going to be those be really only the FIVB events that they play at each other or, or Olympics, too. And Japan has never been able to like like Canada has like two or three wins against Brazil in the past decade. You know how we were beating Brazil back when we were ranked like twentieth back in twenty twelve. You know like like this like that is absolutely insane to me. Um, I will will say like I, I watched this match intermittently. Um, 
like it was on at 7 a.m. here this morning. I finished work at midnight last night, so there wasn't a lot of time to um, to to check to you know sleep in between so i was watching it kind of in bed i was like kind of dozing in and off but man i mean i think part of it is that brazil isn't isn't brazil right now like they they have a massive load on on lucarelli um they had roque in there on the right side they had alan um they still can't figure it out like they started with bruno but cachopa was coming in he ended up finishing the match um there is there is a lot going on there but Altogether, Japan looked fantastic, and they did it without Nishida. Without right? Nishida, w- without w- without Nishida is is a big part. I think Ishikawa, to me, man, Ishikawa has really been on a redemption run in my eyes over the past few months. Like the way that he played from Milano at the end of the year, the way he's been playing for Japan, he's just been phenomenal. And this may have been Ran Takahashi's best match. Not only in this VNL, but ever in a in a nineteen for thirty one with one error, fifty eight percent efficiency. That is unbelievable. And Ishikawa not far behind him, twenty five for forty three, fifty one percent. And yeah, we got to give Kento Miyaura a ton of credit. Twenty two for thirty seven yeah. off, like as the as the starting opposite. I mean, he played in Poland this year. Like he's he's no joke. He's a, a very very capable backup opposite. But that is a, a program-defining win for Japan over one of one of the great like the great all-time teams in volleyball history. Like beating Brazil, I, I, there are people talking in the chat. Oh yeah, beating Brazil this year maybe isn't that big of a deal. Maybe not. But if you're Japan, you, you should you should really be celebrating this. This win is a big deal. That is massive. They are still the only undefeated team in the VNL. They got it done in thrilling fashion. They went up two to zero. Brazil pushed it to a fifth. I mean, with those performances from the wings, uh, th- that this is this is amazing, amazing, impressive for Japan. I don't know if I've ever seen a stat sheet where you have three players above twenty, right? Twenty-seven for Ishikawa, twenty-four for Miura, Miura, and and twenty-one for Takahashi. Like that's absolutely phenomenal. Forty-three percent efficiency for for Japan in this. Just, just. Honestly, just a big, big win. And they're right now leading the VNL. They're 7-0. They have 20 points. That's the most of, of any team. This is a Japanese team that could be like could be dangerous moving on down the road. Like I've always been like, I thought last year at the World Championships, they were so close to, who did they play in the quarters? France? France, yeah. France. yeah they played a great and they, match. And in my, in my opinion, they should have won that match, right? They They were unlucky, but... Are we going to see Japan break into like a semifinal situation? Like, I, I think the that, question. It's been the question, like, right? And I think that this might be an event that they might be able to. They're playing really well right now. They they really really are, and especially when you see the depth that they have. Um, I'm a little bit more questionable about their depth on the left side. Like, can they can they run Ishikawa and Ran as much as they are? Who knows. Um, but this is a team that that plays volleyball the right way, and they make it a lot of fun to watch, a lot of fun to watch. Um, and it's 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 honestly just great fall on the Brazil side of things. They they're they're struggling a little bit. Like they used everyone, literally every everyone. single player uh, got <laughs> got into this game uh, on this one. I honestly thought Onorato was pretty good. Like they didn't go him to him too much. He was eleven for twenty one, forty three percent efficiency. He got four blocks uh, and an ace for. for I like Onorato. I really, I really like. Him and I, I really like. Yeah, 
And I love the fact that we were talking like, what are you going to do? He's like, oh, we're going to go shopping. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> he's just great. he's just out here to have a good time. But he's a little bit undersized, but just plays once again, plays volleyball the right way, plays good defense, pass, passes pretty well. He's a fantastic all around talent. Um, and but there's there's a lot of question marks right right now for Brazil. And I don't really see like Arthur Buchmiuk is the only guy that they've kind of coming coming through that pipeline. You know, little Bergman, uh, who was also on the junior team with him, I wasn't too impressed with last year when I when I saw it in Gatineau. So, like, are we going to see, like, like and I, no, I, I know this because I spoke to some of the Japanese, or not Japanese, sorry, Brazilian guys, uh, like, if, like, team staff, stuff like that. Like, there's the there's a bit of an issue right now, I think, in development in Brazil because it, it's, it's not really happening and they're not producing the athletes that they were 10, 20 years ago. Right. That's I think that's absolutely a, a that's a legitimate concern. We've heard that from lots of Brazilian people. And it's uh, we'll we'll see. I mean, we'll, we'll see if they can how long they can hang on to this generation. The the Lucas, the Bruno, even even Lucarelli, like the, these guys, how long can they hang on before um, that that lack of pipeline support starts to really catch up to Brazil? We'll see. But congratulations again to japan this is an amazing win they have tomorrow off and then they have argentina and that game will be really fun so before i, you... I wish i wish the was there for that game that I really, because the and argentina and like like to me when i when i look at it overall i think like the foremost skilled just pure skilled world have to be japan argentina italy and france and like to walk Argentina, if, if they were both at their back to go toe to toe, that would be a massively fun game to watch. I think it's still going to be a really fun game to watch. So I'm looking forward to that tomorrow. Or at last but not least, of matches that have happened at the same time that Brazil, or sorry, that Bulgaria and Canada was going on, I had this on in the background. Didn't look at it much, but th- Serbia did beat Germany three to one. Germany did kind of blow it in the fourth. They probably should have won that set. Uh, couldn't quite get it done. Germany's offense, okay, not great. Uh, Weber was not very good. Anton Brema is the man. 13 for 16. I absolutely love him. He's been by far Germany's best player this VNL. Uh, but Serbia was better. They uh, were able to get it done in four. I don't really have that much to say about this match, to be honest. I was much more focused on Canada versus Bulgaria. Yeah, I, I didn't. I have not watched any. I did not watch a second of this match. I just opened up the stat sheet for the first time. Miran Kuyunzic, 12 for 15, 73%. That's spicy. Nice rebound for him after not being very good against the USA. Yeah, that's that's uh, pretty good. Drazen Lubrich, not the greatest. 15 for 39, uh, only 21% efficiency. Uh, uh, no blocks and, and only one ace, but still Serbia, four guys in double digits. They're doing pretty well there. Also, I did see in the chat earlier that Anton Sevich got sick and they had to send him home. Oh, um, so, okay. That explains it. Yeah. So it, it, then it's going to be the question is, do we see Dusan Peck or do we see, I don't even think Malianat is on the 30-man roster. Well, they, what, they, remember. They've got Luberich and they've got Bojidar Vucicevic as their second opposite this week. And I actually like him. I think he's pretty good. So that they, they, have, uh, they have plenty of options on the right side behind Luberich, but he's, the, he's, um, he's their guy right now. And I think it's, it's about time that we really see him take over that spot. I mean, th- there's not that much to say about this game. Germany isn't very good. They're very unclutch, just like you said very unclutch and uh serbia is maybe a fringe playoff team maybe not but uh i think they've got a bit of a ceiling on them as well i think these these two teams are kind of middle of the pack there's not really much to talk about here 
Yeah, I mean, I think Serbia, I mean, and this result shows it, I think Serbia is better than Germany, but yep. you're right. I think both of these teams are kind of middle of the pack. And what's scary for, you know, with, I always kind of put the, the, the two Balkan teams in together, Serbia, Bulgaria. I know that's probably not fair, but I, I always like kind of lump them in the same because for a while there, they're both in that upper echelon of groups. Like you could have called Serbia one of the better, better teams in the world. They were a team that could compete with, everyone else uh, and Bulgaria was able maybe in that group just below them when they had Sokolov and Kizinski and, and, and all these other guys. But at least when you look at Bulgaria, they do have Nikolov, you know, whereas like, I think that uh, prospects like Kuyunzic and Perich aren't exactly at his level, but they do have some more of them. So it's going to be interesting to see how um, Serbia progresses over the next little bit. Yeah, uh, I think that that's a pretty good summary. All right, let's uh, before we talk about what's going on the rest of the week and before we get out of here just in time for the Netherlands versus uh, Poland, which will be a good one, uh, Everett, tell the people about that volleyball.store. Absolutely. Head over to that volleyball.store for all your 9 by 9 and spicy volleyball needs. Um, yeah, if you use the code SPICY, you'll get 15% off. And... Uh, yeah, I've, I'm I'm in the pipeline of, of working on, on some new things. I was talking to a buddy of mine who is a designer to maybe make some three boomers in a trench coat uh, gear, <laughs> which is which is something that I, I think would be awesome. So, yeah, if you want to support it, make sure to head over to that volleyball.store to, uh, to check it out. Uh, also, my favorite thing in the Volleyball Source universe, it's a friendly reminder about where's daddy. Remember that Daddy Stankovic is always hidden somewhere in one of our in our in every one of our episodes. And if you find Daddy Stankovic and comment where he is in the, as a timestamp in the main YouTube comments after the stream is over, if you're the first one to do that, you get a shout out on the following show. So on Monday's show, we were talking about the Italian roster, and uh, we <laughs> we are aware that Daddy Stankovic over the, over the last couple of years has gained Italian citizenship, and he doesn't count against the foreigner limit in Italy anymore. But uh, what we didn't know is that he's actually suiting up. <laughs> For the Italian national team this week, he's wearing number 15 there. You can see Daddy Stankovic uh, in, uh, over Daniele Lavia's head. So this is a good one. I was pretty proud of my black and white Photoshop job on that one. People found him pretty quickly. Our friend Kiro Neri was the first to find Daddy, followed quickly by uh, our friend Devin and our friend Mark Flurry in the chat. So there have been a lot of people uh, finding Daddy Stankovic and trying to be the first to comment where he is. So remember, uh, maybe Daddy Stankovic has already shown up in this show. Maybe he hasn't shown up yet. I'm not going to tell you. You have to find Daddy Stankovic and comment where he is, and uh, you'll get a shout-out on the next show. The next show, by the way, will be Monday. Uh, Monday, we will react to the rest of Men's Week 2 and preview Women's Week 3. Also, if you like what you're watching, just give us a nice little like. We've had like we had, we've had upwards of um, uh, 700 people tune into this episode, which is absolutely awesome. So big shout-out to Born Hunt uh, in the Discord, who was saying that only 12 people are going to show up. Uh, I'm about to mute you because you've been absolutely terrible, and multiple people have, have told me to do so recently. So I know you're, you're probably not watching right now, but that you might be going on timeout pretty soon. Um, but yeah, just give this, this, give this a like. It absolutely helps us so, so much. If you give this video a like, it helps it get, gets it to more people, helps grow um, the Volleyball Source universe. There we go. I just saw one come in. And yeah, we, we'd, we'd appreciate it immensely. immensely. All right. Uh, rest of the week. Well, first of all, we, um, worth talking about today, the Netherlands versus Poland. First serve in like five minutes. Uh, the starting lineups are in. Poland is starting Jan Firle. Uh, Tomasz Fornal and Arthur Schalpuk at outside hitters, Urbanovic and Kochanowski like in the middles, and Boanj like on the right. 
So uh, I, I do like Fornal. He's going to be the guy today. The Netherlands, uh, predictably, Keeming setting, Namir, um, Jorna, and Terhorst on the left. And then Plock okay. and, and, and Wiltenberg in the middles. I don't know why. And I mean, like, hey, me and Piazza are homies now. So he's he's no longer <laughs> King Stooge. Um, I just don't know why they continue going to Yorna, right? And maybe this is just like they're trying out some different things. But it seems like Yorna was getting in Ottawa was getting the start most of the time, and he was the one player who didn't really have a fantastic match. Like we saw Twin struggle off. We saw Martin Van Garderen, and like to me, Martin Van Garderen should be their P one. He's maybe ties to horse too. Like to horse is is fantastic, um, but and then. Like Van Garder is, is is really good. He's really solid. He does as well. Twinstra is great young talent. Um, I don't know why they're wasting their time with Yorma. I, I I really really don't. <laughs> Did you say it was it Namir or or uh, her match on the right side? Namir, Namir. Oh, or as uh, as my colleague Anne Marie Anderson was calling him the other day, Nemer. That was rough to listen to. Uh, so uh, w- quickly, what's your pick? Netherlands versus Poland in Rotterdam, by the way. Okay, so my head says Poland, because just on like it, it's Poland, but I, I actually think I'm going to go with the Netherlands right now. I'm also Poland's, going with the Netherlands. Poland's been struggling; they are they're failing to find any type of um, uh, of consistency. They're fi- uh, failing to type to find any type of flow. They're just going with another different lineup. You're going against the Dutch at home; like that's not going to be easy. So, I, I the Dutch are, are going to take this one. Yep, um, I've got the Netherlands three to one. That's that's my pick. Uh, also okay. later today, Sir, uh, sorry, Slovenia versus Cuba um, in about half an hour. What's your pick on that one? I mean, once again, I think I think I have to go with Slovenia, um, but this one I think is going to be interesting because they're two teams that can bang really really well, right? And they are both offensively powered, like offensively powered teams. But I think Slovenia just executes so much better. And the, why I think it's too bad that Cuba and China don't play each other, I actually think that China would have a chance against Cuba because Cuba's just going to make so many errors and, and like and, and play themselves off the court, right? That's that that's the way I see that. And I think Slovenia is is quite disciplined. Um, I mean, we saw it yesterday yesterday against Canada. I think this might almost be a match where they play their bench, right? Where they have an opportunity because like if if Cuba's being Cuba and out there, it's like I know Ronnie's been in France, so he's been much quieter on on the Discord. Yeah, Ronnie's there at the games, which is cool. So is two jacks. Yeah, two, yeah. I, I was surprised by that, which is cool. Yeah, I've yeah. Uh, I've actually got Cuba here. Uh, I've, I've, Ooh, I've, okay. yeah, I've got Cuba. I think I think this is a this is a Cuba figure it out game. I think this might be a Slovenia bench game, and we've seen a gigantic drop off in Slovenia's level when they go away from their starting seven. So I think this might be a Cuba figure it out game. I'm I'm going to pick them to win it in five. So we'll see. I think it is going to be fun though. Uh, we are running out of time because Poland and Netherlands starts in like in literally a minute. I think we should try and get out of here so people can watch that game quickly though. The rest of the week tomorrow only four games instead of six. Uh, the U.S. versus Iran and Bulgaria versus Argentina in the morning, and then Italy versus Serbia and France versus Cuba tomorrow afternoon. I mean, honestly, all, I think all decent all, games, all decent games. Yeah. I think I'd expect Argentina to beat up on Bulgaria. Yeah, 
they're not the actually no they are a pretty decent serving team and i'm sure they're like they're well coached so they're just going to go after nikolov nikolov's going to have a rough go that iran versus usa match is something that i'm really really interested in me too really, that, really that match makes me nervous i mean we're better than iran very obviously but that i, I always we, we always seem to lose to them we they always play us tough we lost to them in vnl last year i'm i'm interested to see what we do with that because also then we play moving on to saturday's games we then play poland like first thing in the morning on saturday so we're gonna have to do some lineup management there and if we try if we sleep on iran a little too much i have a feeling they can come up and bite us so i'm curious to see that one yeah absolutely i i'm almost and rob you know i love your team usa someone was was like sending the chat like oh i feel like Everett gets mad whenever usa wins like no unless they're beating us i love when usa wins like like Rob Rob can attest to this. I'm I'm a I'm a USA fan. Um I almost want to pick Iran for this one. Um because like there's especially like early on in that China match that like USA was looking a little bit sketchy. Um and I think that sometimes you know you can just have a bad game and I think I think this game means much more for Iran than it does for USA. Yeah, that I agree with. Uh, I think right? there's there's a chance that we are probably looking a little too far ahead to Poland and we might sleep on Iran a little bit. I do still think that we're going to get the win there. So Saturday, I, 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 I would almost expect to see um, maybe some bench players in there. Yeah. Like maybe, I, that, that, maybe that's a Cody Kessel game. Uh, there'll definitely be one of them will be a Thomas Jeschke game. And I, I love him. It's good to see him back. Ooh, yeah, so we've yeah, got yeah. a Saturday, a bunch, a bunch of really good games on Saturday, Poland versus the United States, Japan versus Argentina. We already talked about that's going to be awesome. The Netherlands versus Iran. Uh, that is a good match. They played a, yep. a five setter last year at the world championship. Brazil versus Slovenia, I think is low key, a good match. Uh, China versus Germany. Don't bother completely forgettable, but then Canada versus France. I mean, France has looked a little bit vulnerable, I don't know if they're like vulnerable enough for Canada to potentially get a win, but I, yeah, expect, I'm not... I expect the Canadian starters after a, a day off. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, I'm, I'm... Uh, maybe, maybe. Yeah, I'd expect to see. I'd expect to see the starters. I think this is one that if we can find our play early and find our rhythm early, which I don't really think we have all that much in this VNL. I think we've seen it at times, but not consistently. And if France is struggling the way they have been, this may be, we could get lucky. And not lucky, like, but I, I do still think France is favored. And I also think that it's going to be, who do they play against uh, tomorrow? Um, so Fran France has Cuba, followed by Canada, followed by Brazil. France has got three matches in three days. So there's a chance yeah, that so they... That Chance they yeah, you know, a little bit tomorrow. That that either either tomorrow or against us, right? One one of the two. Oh yeah, sorry, um, Saturday. I meant yeah, right. And I I would expect like I was gonna say that like it's it's a bit of a revenge match and they'd want one back, but that's gonna be against Cuba. So I don't know. But like ultimately, like I I think Francis is is probably gonna get it. Um, maybe we see some of some of our some of our younger guys. Um, also we didn't talk about Dutch and Serbia. I'm actually gonna pitch the Dutch against Serbia tomorrow as well. Uh, the Dutch do not play Serbia tomorrow. It's Serbia versus Italy tomorrow. Uh, yeah, the, oh, the sorry. You, yeah. That was Sunday. That was Sunday. Yeah, so Sunday, just last but not least, Italy versus Poland. That's always a banger, uh, yeah. especially considering the, the wild card that Poland is right now. Bulgaria versus Cuba could have relegation implications. The Dutch versus Serbia, I think, is a pretty good game. And then Brazil versus France. Like, honestly, all four of those games on Sunday, pretty darn good. 
Yeah, what time is that Eastern time? That Serbia versus France one. I might have they're, Brazil versus France. They're pretty yeah. early. Uh, Serbia versus the Dutch is at 10 a.m. Eastern. Brazil versus France is at 11:30 a.m. Eastern. But the, the okay. two matches before that are really early, like 6:30 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Eastern for those first two games. Like that's rough for us in North America. It's really interesting to see that they're playing the like only two matches on the weekend. You yeah, know, like, on, like, on Friday and Sunday are, are the days that they're playing only two games in each site instead of three. And then even still, they're playing these Sunday games so darn early. I don't really understand that. Well, they, that's just, it's kind of the same thing as when we were in Canada, right? Like that first game on the Sunday was at 11 a.m. And then like they, they didn't play the, the, the last one. It was like 11.30 or something. And didn't play that last, like the, the, the last match of the day, Canada versus Germany started at 6 a.m., 6 p.m. Right, so uh, that's it. That's it for the rest of the week. Uh, it's going to be great stuff. We'll be back on Monday to catch up with uh, everything that happened Men's Week 2. Then we'll be back to preview Women's Week 3 as well on Monday. Looks like uh, the Netherlands versus Poland is underway. So, uh, yeah, the Dutch lead 5-4 to four right now. Right. So I'm, I'm going to go watch that match. It's going to be great. Make sure you join the Volleyball Source Discord. Uh, the link is in the description for that. That's the best online volleyball chat community in the world going to be a lot of people talking about all these games and uh, stay right here for volleyball source we'll be back on monday uh to talk a lot more vnl yep all right peace guys make sure to go check out that volleyball.store make sure to like this video let us know where daddy is i don't even know where daddy is rob's gonna tell me right now and yeah born hunt you're about to be uh put on timeout on the discord because i'm sick of your shit I, I absolutely really am like just get over yourself seriously all right uh that have about to lay down the law on the discord uh enjoy the volleyball guys we'll be back on monday thanks for watching peace